Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. So excited to be here with you. It is your host, Father Anthony Tinker, and I have along with me, Father Peter Teresa McConnell. Hello, hello. And Brother Paul Grumman. Hello, hello. That's <laughs> okay. Brother, that's my line. <laughs> hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings and salutations. Yes. You can say three hellos. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're going to work on this on off hours, <laughs> and then we'll come sure. back. We're working out the case. Well, yeah, it's, it's only the second one I'm on, yeah. so we're of this of this new kind of semester. Yeah. Yeah. This three-headed monster. This three-headed monster, which is officially meeting God on the mountaintop, Amen. is our our series yes. we're going through right now. We did God and meeting God in the storms previously. Now we're meeting God on the mountaintop. Uh, please listen with us uh, or to us last week when we talked about um, God meeting. Um, Moses, meeting Moses in the burning bush. In the burning bush. Burning I was like, I, was yes. like, I knew it was, I was like, what was going on? I was about There's to say Abraham. I almost said Abraham because yeah. uh, we talked about doing Abraham who had been That's previously, right. but we didn't. A lot of mountains. But it was Moses in the burning bush and we're still on Moses today. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about when Moses encounters God on Mount Sinai. Yeah. Moses encounters God on Mount Sinai all the time. It's... Uh, Yes, you read the book it of d- Exodus, and there's a lot of <laughs> encounters on the It mountain. does seem to be the Lord's preferred place to talk to Moses. <laughs> so, ergo why we're talking about encountering God on the mountains. Yeah. Uh, mountains are, 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 are very much sacred places in the scriptures. And for our, in the native peoples here, I asked one yes. time, I was like, which mountains are sacred mountains around here? I mean, it says all of them. <laughs> you know, one of, the, one of the people, one of my parishioners. So there's this place of a counter, but mountains, this yeah. place where we go up towards the heavens and encounter God. So Moses, just to give a little background, they've left... Uh, Egypt, they've been free. They're in the desert wandering around. Um, and Mount Moses goes up to receive the commandments from the Lord. And he and Joshua are gone out of the camp. He says, Aaron, take charge. And Aaron ends up throwing a big party. Yeah, uh, not good. Builds a golden calf. They start worshiping it. Uh, things are bad. Moses climbs down the mountain. And then his response is to break the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Which, I mean, justifiably. Justifiably so. Pretty rough start. Yeah, and actually, those Ten Commandments, God actually wrote with his own hand yeah. here in the scriptures, that God actually is the one who wrote the Ten carved Commandments, with with, carved them with his finger. And those are broken now. Um, and so... <laughs> <laughs> so must have been pretty terrible for Moses to take the commandments that God carved with his own finger and shut I, up. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to see your own brother. Yeah. Who's the number two in command? He's seen all the miracles. He's seen all was, the gods the, did. The voice of the Lord for mm-hmm. Moses. See, he's, his staff is the staff that was used yes, that turned yes. into a snake that touched the water, turned to blood. And Moses is gone for a month or so. We don't know right. how long it is into the forty days, but Moses on a forty day fast, and and all of a sudden, um, Aaron's the people are like, "Listen, Aaron, Moses is gone. Um, let's party. We need yeah. a new god." And they build this golden calf, which would have been the god of Egypt. They're just going back to Egypt. Yeah, in this so, so it's a really heartbreaking for Moses. Mm-hmm. But Moses goes back up and on, intercedes for the people. So that God, God's like, listen, I'm going to start over. I'm just going to destroy everybody. I'm going to start over. <laughs> and Moses actually intercedes and is like, well, what would people think if you killed everyone? Yes, yes, um, yes. Please spare the people. And so God listens to the intercession of Moses, again, on a mountaintop. Mm-hmm. These, these mountaintop experiences. And then finally, God's going to give him new commandments. He's going to give commandments again. And so he calls Moses back up the mountain. But this time Moses has a request. And that request is, I want to see your glory. Lord, show me your glory. So let's just talk about that request for a second. Moses is saying, Lord, show me your glory. 
It's the request of Moses. What's the deepest part of your heart? And what does that tell us about Moses? That God says, well, what do you want? You know, and God, Moses' response is, Lord, I want to show me your glory. Yeah, I think it's just that desire to see God as he really is as much as humanly possible. And, and so we can think about all the things that Moses has seen leading up to this point. He's seen a burning bush. He has seen signs and wonders. Uh, he has seen uh, the, the sea split and, and, and Israel's enemies defeated. Uh, he's seen a lot with his own eyes of, of the wonder and the might and, and the power and the, and the mystery of God. Um, and now he's asking to, to see his glory. And I think, I think it's just this desire. He said, okay, I've seen you do all of these things, um, but now I, I just want to see you as you are. Um, the, you, you, you know, you gave me your name. Uh, I am who I am uh, that, that in Exodus three. And, and, and he, I think he just wants to enter more deeply into just who God is as he is and not so much, you know, the, what he can do, but, but who he is. Yeah. No, I think that's spot on. Just like an analogy that I've heard to kind of describe stuff like this. It'd be like, if you had never actually met your mother, but like people had said things about her, you had eaten the cookies that she's baked. So there's all these signs of like the effects that she does. Um, you obviously exist. Um, but it's a whole nother thing when you actually like meet your mother and obviously like as good as the cookies are as nice as the made bed and the laundry being done is, like the, the greater thing is like actually like be in the presence of your mother. And like analogously, like it's the same thing with God um, where Moses like passed the secondary effects, passed just seeing these, these wonders of creation, but actually to behold uh, his maker face to face. And so God then calls Moses says, yes, I'm going to grant your request. I will pass you, but you can't see my face. No one can mm -hmm. see my face and live. Um, and, but yet I will, I will show you my glory. And so they go up to Mount Sinai. Um, and so Moses goes up, he's got the new stones for the commandments. We're in Exodus chapter 34. And we just, it, it, 33 will help give you context into 33. We're on 34 now. And, uh, and so Moses rises early in the morning. He goes up to Mount Sinai um, and the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. So I just want to focus on that, that the Lord's, the Lord manifests himself in many different ways yes. throughout the scriptures. We see the Holy Spirit coming in, in a strong, mighty wind on Pentecost. We see tongues of fire. Um, we see, we hear living waters, all, all these different expressions. Um, but God descends, the, the Father in particular, because we've talked about that those are more analogies of the Holy Spirit. The Father comes in a cloud. So what is this, what is this analogy? What is this telling us about God, that he, his appearance in the Moses is in a cloud? I think the first thing that I think of when I think of the cloud is that there's this way in which when you're in a cloud, it, it surrounds you completely. It, it encompasses all of you. And, and once you're in, in the thick of it, that it's, it's all you can see. Um, I, and then if we can think of like our other senses, it might be all that you can touch. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you can hear a cloud, but but it might even be if it's a really thick cloud too. I'm sure you know you could you know maybe even taste it, but it would it would overwhelm you. It would envelop you. It would be it would envelop all of your senses. It would just completely encompass. It would be nothing you could see or, or think about. And so I think there is this way in which the the cloud that the Lord descends upon then 
almost consumes Moses where it is, it's all encompassing. It's all he can see. It's all he can feel. It's all he can hear. It's all he can touch. It's all he can taste. And, and so he is just encompassed by the presence of the Lord in, in, in this place. It's interesting too that it says the Lord descends in a cloud, but it also says that he stood with Moses. Mm, yeah. And so like, there's this really, like to stand with someone. It's like just something really like resonant or like not resonant, but like just something profound about the fact that the Lord is just with Moses and like, and kind of meeting him where he's at in that sense. But I also wonder if it's also kind of a throwback to what happened in the garden of Eden as well. There's this reestablishment of like the fundamental relationship, like with man and God, um, the sense that like that God is kind of starting to repair the damage that's been done through original sin. Mm. That was the same way that God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden, that he's now standing with Moses on this mountain uh, that's veiled in mystery through the cloud. So I, I think to your point, you, you're, you're highlighting the fact that, that the Lord stood with Moses. And so a cloud is a, is an impersonal thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't like, uh, and so, but I, I think like this, that, that Moses's experience of it was this experience of a cloud, but, but recognizing that, that there was this person still standing there with him, that it wasn't, he wasn't experiencing an abstraction. He wasn't experiencing a force. He wasn't experiencing, uh, a thing, but he was experiencing a, a, a person. Um, and this person stood there with him and, and this person then just was surrounding him. It was encompassing him. And, 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 and this encounter with this person was the only thing that he was aware of or cognizant uh, in this, in this experience on the mountain. Well, I find it very fascinating that earlier as 134, he says, um, like, uh, um, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in the clefts of the rock and I will cover you with my hand mm. until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. That the, the cloud is the hand of the Lord mm. in a sense that, that he uses the clouds. As you said, the senses are gone. Moses can't see. He's blinded. It's almost the, the hand the Lord uses to cover Moses that he can't see before he reveals his glory. That, um, that God's just using the elements in my think, we're kind of, how is the, you know, we oftentimes get into um, the Lord working and the Lord's just working by using a cloud. He's in my hand's going to cover you. And so it just, for me, it just shows the beauty of nature. Like this is God's playground hmm. and he's entering into the playground and using it by the cloud as his hand to cover. And he's going to lift that cloud and that's lifting his hand upon Moses. That God just plays with the elements. He plays with nature and, and uses the elements, uses nature uh, for his own design. Um, and the beauty of that, which I think is just so awesome to show us a little bit of who the Father is. Well, it's also and it, like taking that idea of like, what does the cloud mean? There's also a sense in which like the cloud also represents like mystery, mm -hmm. where like you're never going to fully understand God. And and there's a sense too of like, even, we're even talking about like, what does it mean to go to the mountaintop? Um, kind of like the whole, the whole kind of like series that we're doing. Uh, there's always a sense of like leaving earthly things. And there's kind of an arduous ascent to the top. But a lot of times you like, you can't see the peak, but you know it's there and you kind of have to trust that you get up there. But anyway, so like, there's a sense of like, so even like the the, the sight that you trust, the hearing, the the, the, the feel, um, there's a sense of like, when you're when Moses entering into that type of deep contemplation, like those things like kind of like, the, what he's experienced with God transcends all of those sensate things. So it's like the cloud of unknowing that, that Moses has to like, in faith, like 
kind of pierce through, like go through. And then he has this tremendous experience of God. Which, I mean, to get to our, our point, the heart of our message today is in the response to Moses' question, show me your glory. And as, as you guys so beautifully talked about, that I don't want you to want to know the things that you do. I want to know you. Mm-hmm. And so God's response to you want to know me was to first move him into that cloud, that cloud of unknowing. There's this great mystery, the great mystery of God, that encountering God on the mountaintop, it does, it's, it's a stripping. And in order to really encounter God, we have to be stripped of ourselves. And oftentimes that's the, that's the thing standing in the way of our encounter with God. And so Moses does have to be stripped and the cloud strips him of so much so that he can encounter God. Uh, I'm thinking of every time that we've, you know, hiked a mountain together, uh, we've hiked some, some high peaks together. You know, we've, we've done some 14ers. I, uh, I always overpack my bag. <laughs> I always take way more than I need for to, to get to the summit and, and then, you know, halfway through, I wish that I wasn't carrying all of these things, you know, and I make sure I have, you know, a few extra more power bars to get me through or this, that, or the other thing. And, and there is this, when, when we go to know who God is, when we go to climb the mountain where, where we really do have to leave, like you were saying, like earthly things behind. Uh, we really, there is this stripping that that you mentioned, Father, where we're to to know who God really is. That 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 sometimes we have to be stripped of our our notions of who God is, our preconceived notions of of who we think God is, um, and and maybe what experience has taught us of of who we think God is, and. And Moses saying, "Okay, I've seen all of these things, but I don't. I don't. I still just want to know you." And so I think when we when we want to see the Lord in His glory, we want to know Him, we want to enter into His presence. That that we have to allow ourselves to to leave things behind, like you're saying, leaving earthly things behind, leaving whatever it is behind, uh, memories, experiences, uh, our past. And and these things, we kind of have to like let go and leave the door, and then let God reveal Himself to us in 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 His own way. Yeah. So then the Lord speaks. Um, he passes by, and then He says, "The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, but." who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. So this is the message that God speaks to Moses. What insights do you glean from this? The Lord showing his glory, he's passed by Moses, and these are the words that he speaks. I think just that first word that he uses to reveal himself, uh, the Lord, the Lord, uh, a God merciful. Uh, but I think that it's no accident that that this is the first word that the Lord uses to describe who he really is to Moses. Um, and and that that we could we could know many things about God, um, you know, just by looking at creation. We could know his might, we could know his power. Um, and then, but there are certain things that need to be revealed to us. Um, and so 
then a further revelation of who God is 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 that He's a humble God, um, and we learn we 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 learn this most at at His revelation of Christmas. Uh, the, this that that we wouldn't we wouldn't necessarily know that God is is humble, but He has to show us that. Um, but that then even there are other attributes that are that are hidden still deeper in the heart of God, and that that we wouldn't know that God is merciful um, without Him telling us, without Him showing us, and, and then we see that that revelation made most manifest that that on on the cross where he where he pours forth his merciful heart and his blood for the salvation of the world and so that his mercy um is is hidden in the depths of his heart um and it's who he really is and so for him to say the lord the lord a god merciful that that he's actually showing moses the deepest part of who he is um, and that it's in his mercy that he's created us and it's in mercy that he has redeemed us. And so that, that the, Moses asks, I, I want to know who you are. And then the Lord in kind and in, in, in kindness and mercy reveals to him just the depths of the Godhead, which is, which is mercy. No, that's most certainly. It's also interesting that it's one of the first things Moses asks the Lord is like, who are you? Mm-hmm. And he responds with like, I am which like in the tradition, like I am is obviously like that is the name, like it is a name, of, it's a revealed name of God, but it takes on this really kind of abstract, becomes a highly philosophical term where it like God is being itself, like the act of being, which isn't that important, but it's just say like getting to your point where it's kind of like this really abstract concept. Um, and then as we see that Moses goes through all of these trials, he leaves the earthly things. And then there's this, this moment where like, as he's also stripped, um, that he then gets this more intimate name from the Lord, like I am the Lord, this merciful Lord. And so it shows that like God is able to like, the more Moses is able to surrender to God and continue to fall, and the more that Moses is actually able to come to like understand who God is and actually be drawn deeper into that relationship. And it's also interesting as well that Moses is kind of back up the mountain. The Israelites had had sinned against the Lord with mm-hmm. the tablets and uh, and so even in that in that recognition of like the Lord is merciful, it's like yeah, to like the third generation, but like to the thousandth generation for those who are blessed. Mm-hmm. So recognizing that even though Israel sinned in this way, that like the blessing of the Lord is so much greater because of how merciful God is, and even the idolatry that Israel just committed with like the golden calf. Well, and there's a key here. I mean, he says, "I'm slow to anger." Mm-hmm. He also says, "Forgiving iniquity." So it's. One is that he's slow to anger. He's very, very, very patient. And sometimes that's very frustrating. You know, God, why don't you do something about this, yes. this person who Smite is- Smite my enemies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and God said he's slow to anger. Why? Well, because he's quick to forgive. He's forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Like he wants to forgive. He wants to be merciful. And so he's slow to anger because he wants to give opportunity for people to turn around. And all three of us can say how, how great, yeah, grateful we are to God. To God. <laughs> he is yes, slow to anger yes. because- uh, his lightning bolt should have struck me a long time ago, but uh, his slow to anger gives me the chance, the opportunity to turn around, to turn back to him. Mm. So it, it's it's this great act, but it's a call to us to to do the same, to say, okay, then I need to be merciful. I need to be slow to anger, right? Not just holding my resentments, my bitterness, my unforgiveness, but really being patient with people through their iniquities, through the difficulties, through the ways they hurt me and I struggle with them because I want to give them time and opportunity to turn around. And I think like, you know, we're, we want to, this, this, this teaches us something that 
But I think like any encounter that we have with God as we go to meet him in prayer, you know, whether we're actually climbing a mountain or not, or we're just trying to climb the mountain of our hearts and our souls, that that if you're not encountering mercy, if you're not encountering that that slow to anger, that quick to forgive, um, I think like that's what the Lord wants to reveal to you. That's what the Lord wants for you to experience when you meet him. And so, you know, Moses has seen God do really mighty and powerful things. And, you know, and, 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 and they are awesome in their own way, but they're also terrifying, you know, that, that, you know, the, 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 the justice that he meets out to the Egyptians is, is a mercy for the, for the people of God. But, but he's also recognized, okay, like God is capable of doing some, like he can drown the enemies in the Red Sea. Like he is powerful. And, and I think sometimes we can bring that to our relationship with God that he's going to just drown me out. I've sinned against him. I've done, I've done certain things. I've not always obeyed him. I've, I've deliberately committed sins. And, and we know that, that God might then, you know, like you were saying, like, I've deserved the thunderbolt. Um, but, but when God invites us to, to meet him as he really is, to enter into his glory, to enter into that mystery, that, that he wants us to experience and encounter just his kind and merciful love for us and his, his slow to anger and quick to forgive that he's always, always, always just so quick to forgive us. Just meet his heart. This is the, this is the depths of his heart that he's revealing to us. No, a hundred percent. And it's, it's one of those things too, where, where the Lord doesn't ever like shame Moses. Mm -hmm. Like Moses asks to see his glory. He has to see his face. And the Lord doesn't respond with like, well, you killed a man. Mm -hmm. You don't get to see my face. <laughs> Or you doubted me. I said, you're going to do these great things. And so I'm going to punish you now because you, you doubted, you know, however many, however long ago that was. Um, but the Lord like sees Moses and he like acquiesces to his request. Wow. It's also interesting that Moses has to like request it. So it's also one thing too, like if you're like looking for your blessing, it's obviously not a guarantee, but like, but like the Lord does ask that we would come to in prayer, that we would pray for the things that we need. Um, and that's a great prayer to be like, you know, I want to see you face to face. Um, you know, it's like, I want to experience that same glory that Moses did. I want to know you the way I, the way other people talk about knowing you. Um, and it is something you can like ask for and pray for. And in, in the humility of Moses, uh, receive it. And well, and all, but to also recognize the Lord does say, um, talking about himself, who will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers on their children and the children's children, the third and the fourth generation, that he wants to show mercy. Mm -hmm. He wants to be slow to anger. He wants to be, to be um, show us his steadfast love, but um, we can reject it. Yes. And he's also emphasizing that point to Moses, that people have an opportunity to reject it. And if you reject it, it doesn't just affect you. It affects your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. I mean, to the fourth generation, he's saying there is a, a way in which you choosing your sin over me, it, it, it never, sin is never personal. Sin always affects others. It's right. a web. And, and to choose this relationship, this mercy, this steadfast love, I will forgive you every time I'm open. But if you choose to live in your wickedness, then you're going to not only be out of, away from relationship with me, but it's going to affect your whole family. Yeah. I think elsewhere in the scriptures, you know, that the Lord... Um, the Lord, the Lord's justice is not going to be, you know, or the Lord, Lord will not be mocked. That He is also just, um, and so that is also one of His attributes, a hundred percent. And and that, 
we can never we can never lose sight of that. He's not um, that. Yeah, we, that, that we have to that that mercy does doesn't mean everything's okay and we sweep it under the rug. Um, that that mercy does require us to convert. Um, that we actually become men and women who are desirous to know God, to seek him, to follow him and, and to try and to do our best. And, and so, yeah, we have to do our part in all this as well. So let's look at Moses' response. So Moses quickly bowed his head towards the earth and worshiped. So he prostrates himself, he worships God. And he said, if now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, please let the Lord go in the midst of us. For it is a stiff-necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your inheritance. I found it profound One, that Moses' response is worship. Mm-hmm. His response to an encounter with God is worship. And his response is not selfish. Uh, St. Ambrose says, if each member of the church prays for themselves, then each member of the church only gets the prayers of themselves. Mm-hmm. But if each member of the church prays for every the whole body, every member of the church, then every member of the church gets the prayers of every member of the That's body. That's beautiful. That we're, we're, there's a call to, to reach out, to pray for others. And Moses' response is first to worship God. It starts there, love God above all else and love your neighbors yourself. So to ask God for his mercy to be upon the people. Uh, the, and, to, and he says, and to take us for your inheritance. That the people of Israel, the people of God, the church of God can be the inheritance of God. That's 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 right. That that Moses is is this great intercessor for the people. That the Lord has appointed him to be to lead the people to intercede for the people, and he says, "So now, if I have found favor in your sight, um, you know, pardon our iniquity and our sin." Um, and so, just the power of of one righteous man um, or one righteous woman to then. To win the favor, to win the pardon, to win the mercy of God upon, upon a people. And so, if you are a mother, if you are a father, that you have you have given the the charge of, of your children. And so, you know your righteousness, your fidelity, your prayers can then you know win pardon for for those in your care, for those in your charge. And so, perhaps your children are are far from the Lord or or are straying. And so. You know, you can just ask the Lord, Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, then 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 pardon my family's, you know, iniquity or my family's sins, whatever they might be. And so that that there is this power of of representation um, for those who have been given whatever degree of authority that they've been given, whoever might be under them. And so um, I think we've learned, you know, that God wants to encounter us. He wants to show us his glory. He wants to encounter us on the top of the mountains. And so an encouragement this week, take some time in prayer and ask God to, to show you his glory, um, that we might encounter his love, his presence working in our lives. We might understand what it means that God is merciful, slow mm-hmm. to anger, filled with steadfast kindness and love. And that we can have the right image of God. And there might be a little bit of a cloud of unknowing there. It might be stripped a little yeah, bit yeah. of the things that we carry that are not him so that we can truly encounter him. But we pray that God uh, give each and every one of you that grace this week. Um, we are in the middle of a, a question series, if we want to put it that way, where we're going through and asking, uh, if you were having to have a conversation, you have a dinner and you get to invite um, five guests, we're kind of in that four or five, depending if we want to do the fictional character or not. We're starting with the four. Oh, my, but my, you get my. two uh, historical characters. One um, is a, a saint and one's a non-saint. And then two people currently living, uh, one you know, one you don't know. 
Um, you guys both did your historical figures, so I better might as well just do my historical figure. To, uh, so we're on the same vein as to what we've answered. That's we right. Had, That's right. Yeah, Father Patriot tells you would have with J.R.R. Tolkien. Yes, um, I invited and, Tolkien to my dinner. And Father uh, Brother Paul has invited uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict the Sixteenth. May he rest in peace. Amen. Hopefully, a saint one day. Um, Amen. Yes. I, I don't know if there's gonna. I'm gonna put him as a historical figure. You guys can say no. This is the same figure if you have to. <laughs> but I want to talk to Adam. I want to talk sure. to Adam. No, that's fair. Because I, I just, think, yeah. he's a historical figure. He existed. I, I want to know, like, what was it like? <laughs> like yes. Not just, not, both, the, both like, what was That may be one garden? of the most flipped out answers, or, yeah, answers I've heard. I've never heard anyone say, I'd like to talk to Adam. Yeah. No. I'm sure it, people have said it, but I've never thought of it. So it's Adam kind of, would have some kind interesting things to say. Kind of flipping my lid right now. Yeah. And, and, and I just, okay, how long ago was it? Like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. how many years ago were you? Like, what were things like? Yeah. What was she all like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Talking snakes, Eve, the whole thing. Yeah. What kind of fruit was it? <clears throat> yeah. I have a lot of questions for Adam. For I think sure. Be very fascinating. Where's the garden? Yeah. 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 Where is yes. it? Yeah. Where's the angel that guards it? Uh, where's no, the that would be a very interesting conversation. I might be so, coming to your dinner. <laughs> I'll <talk> yeah. to Adam. <laughs> Figure that out. Brother Paul, you close us in a prayer, please. Yes. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. We just thank you for the work of redemption that your son wrought on Mount Calvary, on the mountaintop that won us our salvation. Lord, we just ask this week that you would just invite each and every one of us to the to a mountaintop to have a, kind of a peak experience, Lord, that we would truly come to know your merciful, steadfast love. And in a particular way, we entrust this and all of our intentions to Our Lady, asking that she would wrap us in her mantle of love, be with us, protect us, and bring us to her Son, Jesus, as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Your blessing, Father. Amen. Mother God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.